Game of Thrones, Season 8, Episode 5, The Bells. I'm sorry, was that one of the worst episodes ever? Was that the title? That was a terrible episode. Um, <laughs> I, like, I just have to say, there was the episode where they burned Shireen, and you like got up and, and just had to like go be away from everybody. Like, there was a couple of us here watching at the time, because you were like so upset over it. And I relate to that person so much right now. It's unbelievable of how much they shit the bed here. Well, so let's start with the high point. I think there was one. and um, <laughs> There were a couple good things. I, I will say that. There were a couple good things. The one good thing to me was when Sandor talked to Arya out of becoming yep. right, like him. Yep. That was a moment. <laughs> I have 26 notes. And I, I stopped taking them. Because at There's one no point, point I was like, I, I just There's no point. can't even. But I have 26 notes that I'll ignore almost all of them. But on the bottom I have in caps, only good moment when Sandor stops Arya from being like him. <laughs> it, it was really good acting. I really like how the guy who plays it, I think it's Rory McCann, yeah. plays uh, the Hound. He's very paternal here. Paternal in a way that a ha- the hound can be, in a way that Arya would be receptive to at this point. Yeah. So she was receptive in different ways before she grew into the Arya that she is from Ned and stuff. But that interaction was very satisfying for me. And it was the best lesson that he could ever teach her of any of her teachers. Yeah. Because basically she, she starts into this pretty early in season one, revenge, revenge, revenge. And... This is the best lesson being like, look, if you don't get a handle on this revenge, you will turn out like me where you are nothing but your revenge. And that's not a life. Yeah. And, and that's his lesson here. And I actually really like that. It's the perfect lesson for Arya because she's taught by so many different people throughout the series. And not one has given her that lesson until now. And it worked. She right. listens. A friendship that actually pays off and an arc that actually pays off. Oh, good grief. Was there a single satisfying death in this episode? Was it like was there any poetic justice Who to wrote any of this? them? Yeah. You and I could have finished <laughs> off this series better. Ugh. It was so bad. So if anyone liked it and doesn't want to listen to how bad it was, leave now. I don't care if you if we'll <laughs> piss you off or whatever. Just go because this is just going to be us ranting for a while well, now about me... how they just took an amazing yeah. series and literally just flushed it down the toilet. Let me just say that I've been predicting Danny would do this for as long as I can remember, and I actually have no problem with it. It could have been more subtle. It could have been blah, 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 blah. But that they showed how terrible it is to have a mad Targaryen and a dragon destroying everything, I don't have a problem with per se. I mean, it was a little sloppy, but oh my God, everything else. God, the Jamie Euron fight was so stupid. So stupid. The... Ugh, all right, let's just start from the beginning, I, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> all right, Varys. He's trying. Uh, he's trying. He goes to John. He's trying, and he's trying to do what he's always done, according to Varys, the character. He's much different in the books in some respects, but he's trying, and he fails, and that's why they had that scene with that little girl of, like, the greater the risk, the greater reward. He He's basically speaking for himself. That's the writing on the wall for us as an audience for Varys. Well, let's, I think there's only one important thing to say about what he was doing, and sorry if I cut you off, but... He, he's writing the same letter that Ned wrote to Stannis and Stannis sent to the realm. Because you see him write true heir, come to the throne, something like that. So 
it's going to get out through Varys sending ravens or whatever he did. Yeah. That John is the true heir. He, that Maybe was, he gave it to that little girl. Right. Yeah. That was um something important that he did. And news is going to get out that there's someone else to support. And all, <laughs> all seven kingdoms will unite behind John now once this letter reaches the realm. It's... What what should have happened to Stannis is going to happen to John, you know. Um, oh, but okay. So, well, and I just I was kind of surprised by how willing John was for Varys to be roasted like that. Well, so I think it is appropriate to execute someone for treason. Yeah. Now it was a little shady that they did it out in the dark. I thought they were making a point of like keeping it a secret from the regular people or whatever. I agree. Um, it just, it felt a little too like clandestine and, you know, and, and part of it is that I'm just shocked at how everyone's just willing to be like, even though John is the rightful heir, let's just pretend that he's not because why that's the part where like, because no one is having that conversation. It's so frustrating to me. Well, Varys was having the conversation. Right. But like, but that, that can even be something that they can discuss all together. Those are her advisors and all this, but like, it's just, it's shocking to me that everyone just thinks that Danny deserves the throne because of why. And everyone just accepts that, that it's so it's, it's to me, it's a huge plot hole. And Tyrion is once again the dumbest person on the show. They just want to keep writing him to be wrong. Because I thought last episode, I mean, it seemed pretty clear Danny was going to do something crazy. But I was like, well, you know, the fact that Tyrion still believes in her, are they really going to write him to be this dumb shit every episode? Yes. <laughs> All our worst fears of things, like... They're never going to talk about the Lord of Light again before this wraps up. Oh, we no. Have one episode left. I have a theory behind that. Um, my theory why they left so many Lord of Light, Night King stuff loose is because they're making a prequel that's going to be about that. And I think that'll answer some questions potentially. I think they purposely left it dangling. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, like, all but there my is things still one that, more that I was hoping for, though, like, I'm... Ugh. Well, you know, I, I just you you made a comment. It's just like, why did Barry stay? This is a guy, self preservation. He is the best at the moment he had that conversation with Tyrion in yeah, last episode. Out. To me, th- this goes against his character and everything that we know about him. That he stayed, I don't understand. Well, when he when he told Tyrion last episode that he was going to be treasonous, I, my thought was like, I guess Tyrion owes it to him to let him go. But he's got to go because he can't just hang around the castle and be treasonous. Right. You know. I mean, it, it makes no sense. Yeah. My far-fetched theory is we need the White Walkers. We need somebody to bring them back to life because that is the counterbalance to this fire gone mad, the fire and ice story. Um, but that's... It's funny, though. I remember thinking, you know, about the long night of like, you know what? That wasn't really the strongest episode. They didn't really handle that well. But... To me, it wasn't, like, the worst thing in the world. And I think it's because a part of me was getting prepared for this. <laughs> because now I think the long night wasn't yeah, so bad. Yeah, it was really good. Comparatively. Yeah. We had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah. Oh, jeez. But, like, all right, goodbye, old friend. That's what they say to each other. I guess if this is how a virus was going to go out, given what we got here. All right. I appreciated that he didn't hold it against Tyrion, that Tyrion was was engaged in self-preservation, which is what Varys did during well, Tyrion's right. trial. But that's just what's so stupid is because it was obvious and he, Tyrion had to do this. Right. But I, I get I, I, I at least appreciated that 
we see them him go out and not be angry at Tyrion. Right. So okay. We then we see Jan we, we see the moment where Danny officially chooses fear as her weapon. She looks incredibly unhinged yeah, here. Yeah, she's all disheveled when Tyrion goes to her. Hair is all messed up. and But uh, just even her lack of emotional regulation, yeah. it's just like... Well, no, <laughs> so she does have an important line. This is the underlying message, as, as clunky as it would do, was done, and this is the message it's been for several seasons now. Um, Danny says, you know, something along the lines of, we're going we're gonna to liberate them from future tyrants. So now there's always like, you know, these well-intentioned people are always going to do... There's always some bad thing. Now, now it's the future. Now it's speculative times, yeah. right? So well, she, now they, she's mad. Right. So they can always justify their nonsense. And I think that's the lesson here. And the first time when it was, I thought, 100% sure that the story was going this way was in season five when Danny fed some poor schmuck to her dragons who may or may not have information. I don't know if you remember this scene. She's like, tell me, blah, 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 something or other. We had no idea if these people knew it. We had no idea anything. And she's like, ah, eat it. So the dragon eats some, one of the three guys, just random. His dar was yeah. there, you know. And I was like, holy shit. So um, crucifying the masters was terrible. But I guess it kind of sort of makes sense in that these are slave masters and they crucified the children, even though we found out later there was a council against it, yada, yada, yada. But this was like pure cruelty where she's just like, well, just eat it. I don't know if he knows anything, but whatever. <laughs> and I've been saying it for years. Danny is going bad. Backstand as well you can. <laughs> but you know what's funny? I, I was so okay with that and still think this is a great story. I think that's where George is taking it, right. that, that he's going to have her go bad. Totally cool with that. Just don't do it in, in such an obscene way. Like, this was written for people who need it spelled out for them so clearly. It's so black and white. There were no shades of gray. Shades of gray is what makes this and the characters so good. Right. And and this was just so shoved in your face and down your throat where it's like, oh, okay. There's multiple levels in that regard. So when she was contemplating doing this... I thought she was going to go and burn out Cersei, you know, go directly after her, even though it was unnecessary, even the bells are rang. But then she starts torching, <laughs> frying the women and the children, and then Grey Worm starts killing the troops, which even that is not so terrible. Like, But come on, the Unsullied are trained in such a specific way, and now we see the Unsullied just like all the other soldiers, which it's, it's, it pretty much takes away... Well, I think these were orders. They had to do it. They were. This is what... She planned with Grey Worm. No, I, I, like, they, the show creator said that, that she didn't plan to do this. In that moment, though, she sees King's Landing, and so they kind of say this was a spur of the moment choice. Uh This is, this is Danny and Grey Worm and every single Northman and Dothraki and everybody on that side who just protected all these people from the Night's King, all losing their heads simultaneously. Like, it's like, it's like a fever is taking them and it's a sickness. But yeah, I don't even mind Grey Worm and the Unsullied killing the troops. But when the Northerners, who I can assume, we can assume that's who it is, are cutting the throat of the women and like, they have talked about how when cities are sacked, this is a theme, right? Like when, when Tywin Lannister sacked the King's Landing, when Jamie killed the Mad King, it was a terrible thing. All these people were killed. And then when Stannis is going after King's Landing, Cersei's like, oh, half these people are going to have babies in their belly by the night. Like, so I get the theme of bloodlust being up, but I mean, they really put it in your face. 
Um, but for every single person except for John and Davos. Right. And Tyrion. And, right. And so I, I like when this was happening, I just kept looking at you with an open mouth of like, are you are you kidding me? <laughs> it makes what happened in the long night just doesn't matter. None of these people will care about a villain they never saw that sounds like something from the storybooks when these same people came and did this. Oh, yeah. The yeah, the Night King is going to be a distant memory for anyone that wasn't there. You know, never never to be believed or whatever. And the... um, <laughs> I just can't believe that that many people lost their heads. And, like, again, I can understand this bloodlust thing, but not not to this degree. The, the way... Grey Worm now doesn't care at all about anything. He's equally with Danny about just kill them all. I, I can buy that. I mean... I can't. You gotta think why... That device way too much of years of training as an Unsullied just because he loved Masandi. I'm sorry, no. No, but he was just following what Danny was doing. His training isn't to be a nice person. It's to slaughter people at any command or whatever. But it's also to have a certain level of like impartiality. And, and this just shows... I think if Danny would have stood down, he would have stood down. It was just, he was following I, her I don't think so, actually. Well, then what? He's going to get roasted by the dragons if she yeah. never went bad? Yeah, I think he was just gone. Mm, they were know. all just gone. I think you're interpreting it the wrong way. But regardless, <clears throat> um, <laughs> and then Danny is just apparently indiscriminately destroying the city. How many of her own men did she kill? I mean, we clearly yeah. see John in the line of fire, you know, and yeah. running away. Um, <laughs> we were talking... You know how Littlefinger was this guy who he was happy to be king, even if it was the king of ashes. Well, we we, we got that ruler here. She doesn't well, care. She'll kill everybody as long as she's queen of the ashes. Well, but that right, but that in itself is not a surprise. We knew that for many years, I think, in some sense. But that she'd be willing to kill her own troops. Well. I think this is just a directing situation where we don't actually know if she killed her own troops. I think it, we can deduce that she did. That's certainly the way it looks. But we've known since uh, the visions of her in the throne room where everything's burnt down. We didn't know if she was going to do that, but we knew that she, it would be destroyed by the time she got there. Well, um, and there there were two scenes that we got that we've talked about of Brienne touching the weirwood tree and Danny in the House of, of the Undying. We got them both in this episode. We got... A dragon flying over King's Landing and landing, and we got that exact shot just extended here. And we didn't see the throne room. I'm sure we'll see it next episode. But I was saying I thought it was snow, which I still think would have been way better as a story here. But it's ash. So, so yesterday I rewatched that uh, scene. Whether it's snow or ash, it certainly looks like snow in the prophecy. And this could be one of those things where it's going to be Jon Snow. He's going to actually be the winner at the end and take her out. And that's what the prophecy is telling her, you know. But Ash, too, because when Arya was walking around at the end, it certainly looks like snow, Ash, whatever. Oh, geez. All right. Um, oh, Harry, where do we pick up here? Well, we Everybody even, went crazy. Yeah, we don't even have to do a play-by-play. Oh, um, no, one thing I did like as well. So this, there were like two big moments. And one that I really liked was the Lannister boys. Tyrion and Jamie switched roles, and Tyrion risks his life to save Jamie the same way Jamie risked his to save Tyrion. And Tyrion basically says, Hey, I, I'm only here because of you. My whole life, you're the only person who ever loved me. And there's this really beautiful moment between them 
where I think they both know they're never going to see each other again, that they're either both going to die or at least one of them's going to die. And this is kind of that moment. And there was just a lot of brotherly love. And I remember just thinking, man, if the two Lannister men helped save millions of people, what a great story. <laughs> right. But, but no, you know what? Jamie was worthless. And the they they, they and I, I agree. So many missed opportunities. I agree that that was a good scene, but it was so um, surrounded by illogic. Tyrion has the key, and he's going to let him go, and hope Danny doesn't notice until a future time. Just the logistics of it were really dumb. Just like the logistics of Arya and the Hound telling some soldier. Yeah, it's all. Was that a Lannister soldier? Was that a Stark soldier? Who, who were they telling? And no, it was one of their own. Because they got let into King's Landing, you know, or at least to the Red Keep or whatever. Um, ugh. But I, I agree that that was, um, I guess, a touching scene and a, a nice. Goodbye. I just, I thought it was great setup for something that I, that was going to be poetic. Right, Jamie. Uh... <laughs> you know, like something like Tyrion sets this plan in motion to save millions. He needs his brother to do it. We see Jamie make a choice between Cersei or ringing the bells. He goes and rings the bells. Like, that seemed like great a great story. Like, here it's actually a Lannister who's actually saving the city. Right. Jamie would have been for the second time. Right. And- Which, to me, would have been full circle. That's where I thought they were going yeah. with it. Of, like, he killed the Mad King because he was going to kill them all. And here's Cersei's doing that via Danny. And I just, I thought, like, oh, wait, maybe they're going to, like... Bring us there. That's so awesome. No. Uh, <laughs> and Euron. Oh, so stupid. He's like a caricature. The only good thing like, about Euron, I do like his pirate outfit. Um, <laughs> but, oh, God, that fight. Like, Jamie's sneaking up and Euron comes out of nowhere. And they have this stupid fight that was I mean, his, utterly... The Iron Fate was decimated in, like, two seconds. Yeah. Right. Well, and that just goes to show... So Danny takes out all the scorpions in the city and the ships, which means she could have done that last episode too. Yeah. When when dude uh, Viserion was taken out. So I, I, like last episode, I said I thought dragons were like nuclear weapons, and here they're like C four. Well, now they're nuclear yeah. weapons again. Where is the consistency here? How come she couldn't go crazy after her dragon died and take them out then? And seeing the dragon go nuclear was, I guess, cool in its own regard. Um, but yeah, so we do see why the, the dragons have that reputation, the way they took out Hall and everything. But but like, here's the thing, like, last episode, they take out uh, Rhaegal, and then we're just supposed to believe that Danny just lands Drogon and Euron sails away? Right, yep. That, yeah. And then this happens? <laughs> she went back to Dragonstone to think about life for a little bit. I, I'm so I guess confused. she had to take, they had to wait for the Northerners to go up the King's Road and meet up with them. But the Northerners, there was no point in even bringing the army because she could have done it all herself. Yeah. I mean, they had the stupid Harry Strickland Golden Company. Point, oh, man, pointless. that guy had a very small yeah. role. Unless the Iron Bank somehow appears in the last episode, I don't see any point in the Golden Company existing. Yeah. It could have just been the Lannister troops and had the same. Except, it, it, except they wanted to trick us into thinking it was kind of an yeah, even match. So I, I feel yeah. like I just was duped so much in terms of they set this up that Cersei had a chance. When all along she didn't. Yeah. And and it just, it feels like a trick. Yeah, so. <laughs> and, and like, I was just trying to understand, too, of like, when Tyrion goes to Davos, why do you think Davos helped Tyrion? Because that's a, that's a ballsy move. Yeah, Davos just does whatever the show writers need him to do to support the people he like. <laughs> I'll just have to interpret that as that he sees 
Danny is a problem too, and maybe this is a way to give them options, even though releasing Jamie did absolutely nothing. Yeah. Well, it did, I mean, yeah, even ringing the bells had nothing to do with Jamie. Right. Uh, yeah. So was, basically, Tyrion and Davos risked their lives for nothing. Yeah. Jamie and Cersei's death was stupid. Harry Strickland's death was stupid. Varys' death was... I, I thought that was okay. Jamie wouldn't have stayed a chance against Euron. I just kept thinking that. Like, yeah, maybe especially Jamie, after he got stabbed twice and then still got the jump on Euron. <laughs> and then his walking around, like... Yeah. And then, ugh, Kyborn's death was stupid. So I don't mind that he was killed, like like that basically that Dr. Frankenstein right. was killed I was by his monster. About that too, yeah. I think it's poetic, but it was done by a preschooler here. Like a preschooler wrote this and how that was done. So, okay. Right. So the, the, the mountain has some, I mean, he disobeys them. So it shows that he has something. And then whatever we speculated about Kyborn's obsession with the dead, like in that season six when he picked up the, the white's hand and was looking at it. Well, that didn't matter. That was just a pointless scene. Ugh. And then the fight with the hound. Even that was so stupid. It was bad. So as soon as the mountain is protecting Cersei from falling ceiling, blocking it with his back, I, I've been saying for many episodes, many seasons now, that the hound doesn't stand a chance. But then the fight happens. I'm still not convinced. <sighs> I just, it, they didn't sell the fight to me very well. And then no. when the fight actually happened, it was anticlimactic. And then they think in, in the uh, interview with the showrunners at the end that there's some kind of poetic justice or something that the hound was killed by fire because he pushed the mountain down. It's not like he could have done anything else or it's not like the fire was close to him. He didn't have to confront fire to like save Arya or do something like that. It was just... If there was no fire, they would have fallen out the building and had. Right. It was, it was <laughs> oh. so bad. Uh, let's see. And then see. when he started what doing else? like the Oberon death thing, I was like, "Oh God!" Oh no. yeah, when he's poking him in the eyes, yeah, I was like, "Jesus Christ!" I don't even know what else to say. I found Jamie and Cersei's death right. so incredibly dissatisfying. It's like they thought that they they made all this like. Uh, Shakespearean poetic justice by having them die together by a bunch of rocks falling on them. <laughs> it would have been more satisfying if she poisoned herself on the Iron Throne. Correct. Like she was going to in the Correct. Battle of Blackwater. And and Jamie does it too. Whatever. Something like that. Yep. They, I, I kept uh, thinking as an, things had gotten so bad and they're down there. And I'm like, all right, Jamie, kill her. I was I, I literally was waiting for every moment. And I was just so surprised when he didn't like... Like well, there's just, no point to kill her. I, even out of, like, at some point, I was I mean, like, okay, kill. he really is going after her. Everything I said last episode, I was wrong. I was way off. And he is just trying to get back to her. And that's Which I, it. I didn't mind that. I mean, it it doesn't surprise me. I kind of expected it. But it just um, means that his whole arc really was for nothing. Well, what's funny, too, is that he went all the way up north. For what? Right, to fight the Night King. He contributed almost nothing to the battle. Like, why did he have to sleep with Brienne? Right, He he could have just been kind to her and gone up there and fought next to her, knighted her. All of that could have been the same. But the fact that they made that happen between them, and then he leaves and literally just is going back to Cersei, that was bad. I thought out of an act of mercy, so that she didn't have to die some potentially horrible long death, that he would snap her neck. Or send a knife into her out of love, but also like this is the end. The same way she would have killed Tommen with poison. Yeah. I-, I was waiting for it. And that would have been a much 
better death. But this, this was just the most no, pathetic yeah. thing I've ever seen. I think double suicide would have been the best call there, but hey. Um, and I, apparently the whole Valencar thing doesn't exist in the show. Right, yeah. So for non-book readers, the Valencar is part of the prophecy when, when Cersei's told that her three kids are going to die, she's also told that the Valencar will kill her. And Valencar in High Valyrian translates to little brother. And there's speculation of if that meant Tyrion or Jaime or possibly somebody else's little brother. Um, but nope, just spent a bunch of rocks. And, yeah. and Danny, or well, it's mean. not in the show, so obviously it doesn't mean anything for the books. But, but like, did they just dispense with every little thing they could have gone with? Yeah, I mean, I th- we're really going to see that Dan and Dave, they just... Um, didn't know what like, the heck they were doing. The Emperor has no clothes. Given, Is that the appropriate they, saying? Like, I, I don't you know. know. They were given keys to Ferrari and they just decided to douse it in kerosene and light it on fire. Well, so there's one more episode to turn things around. And you know what's going to happen? John is going to kill Danny and I don't even care anymore. Yeah. Um, that's got to be how it ends. John kills Danny or they both die. Uh, yeah. <sighs> But I do think Vari's letter will unite the Seven Kingdoms against Danny, I guess. And then the Dothraki, I mean, these foreigners sure do look like a foreign invading terrible army. <laughs> just like everyone, just like the Tarleys were worried about and everything. Like, seeing the Dothraki chop people up. Ugh, it's. I don't know I mean, how they can possibly wrap this up in one more episode. I'm, maybe there's still time. Maybe there's still going to be a uh, time travel reset. We know Bran can interact with the past to some degree because of Hodor. Because of Hodor, and he also um, yells "Father," and Ned hears him in the past when he sees Ned kill Arthur Dane. <laughs> Who, uh, for I, what? I, yeah, I remember right. <laughs> The eve before the last Harry Potter book came out, and I just remember being, please don't ruin this series for me. Yeah. Please, I love it so much, please don't ruin it. And then I remember staying up all night and reading the book and being like, that was amazing. That was great. And, and there's a lot of things where, like, I just, I really liked a lot of the choices she made. And this is what it feels like when it doesn't go that way. Yeah. A lot of people, I'm mentioned by a lot of people, I mean, too, Ask me why did we didn't talk about the Starbucks cup more, and it's like I don't care. Right. I, I I know some people take it as in it like that the show creators just don't care so much anymore that they can't even notice a cup or anything like that. I don't care. It's inconsequential. It doesn't matter. Well, isn't there a car in the background of a Lord of the Rings movie? Shit happens. Right. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. but like I, that's why we didn't talk about it more is because I honestly just it didn't register much yeah. for me. Like, yep, they made a mistake. I care a lot more about the writing. Yeah. For reasons like this, I have no idea how the world is reacting to this. I haven't looked at anything. I don't know. I, I'm just pretty sure that I could wake up tomorrow and there's just going to be so many articles of like, wow, this series jumped the shark completely. Yeah, it's going to be rotten on the tomato. This might meter. be what, yeah. like this deserves Probably the to worst. be the worst yeah. episode. I, we talked about this on a bonus episode, but if, the, if there was a jump the shark moment for the show it was when they killed Barristan Selmy and then they've been doing bizarre things ever since but there, <laughs> there's still been something special about it where you're wondering is this gonna happen is this gonna happen and we have been wondering if danny was gonna do this we're not surprised we've been talking about it for years but oh god just 
again, I don't mind that Danny did this. It's all the other stuff that was so dumb. Yeah, I mean, it just, like you said, not a single death. In I don't feel satisfied with any death here. I'm so put off by how the Northern Army acted. Yeah. This was written in a way where they just wanted to make sure that not a single person alive could miss the fact that Danny went bad. <laughs> yeah, right. In case you, in case you're still rooting for her, we're just gonna make sure you can't at all. Uh, well, all right. Well, good luck, John. I guess. Um, anything else we should say about this? I mean, let's say, let's put it this way: Is there is there any way they could remedy this? Do you think? Let's say you no, you were no. you were handed this. This is done. I take back everything I said. I said they had me until the end. No, I'm I'm out now. <laughs> I will watch next week. And just see how they can try and, like, Febreze or, you know, aerosol some of the stink that they have from this. But, nope, I'm out. This is bad. Yeah, I don't know if there's any way they can remedy it. I don't want to see a time travel reset because that would be dumb. I don't want to... I mean, John Killing Danny has got to be what what happens, I guess. Yeah, she's got to go. She's... Yeah, or or not. I mean, it doesn't have to be a happy ending, but... uh, Well, sorry for the downer episode. (laughs) <laughs> but it's the truth. It was shit. It was shit. so bad. <laughs> it was shit. Well, we will be back for next week. And, and we'll, may, maybe we'll do a, another half one like we did for the, the long night where... Yeah, maybe we'll sleep I, maybe on I it. Maybe I need to sleep on it yeah. and come back. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that not a whole lot will change. I just might be able to formulate my thoughts and, and the pitch of my voice a little bit better. Well, think about... We've watched every episode two to three times. We've podcasted about it. We've read the books. We're not uber nerds, but we're pretty damn close. I mean, I've listened to some Game of Thrones podcasts where they're way, way invested. Yeah, there's some people who know way more. But we're pretty damn invested for the last eight or ten years, however yeah. long it's been on. And it's like, ugh. <laughs> like, ugh. I, yeah, that, that noise... I think it's just collectively being heard around the world. I hope so. I Yeah. It's going to be funny if I turn around. People are like, that was so amazing. Some people did like The Long Night, but I think they're just fanboys who like seeing Arya, you know, go. But, well, all right. Thank you for those who listen. We'll see you next week. Maybe we'll do a bonus in between.